told you we'd be back. Told you we'd be back. Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. There's a switch, I flip, emotions cut off. So cold that I froze my butt off. And it's ain't even the tip of the iceberg. Gets like squirting a squirt gun in the ocean. Fuck off. Other words, I ain't put a tape in the game compared to the damage I get to do. As long as you still. Alright, let's get right into it. Bar time anytime here. Uh, boy, what a bombshell. And I should say bombshells that were dropped on us today as Detroit and Michigan State sports fans. An absolute horrid day on this Tuesday, October 22nd. It couldn't have gone worse in almost any facet. Um, I guess we can start here with the Lions. Quandre digs in a seventh rounder to the Seahawks for a fifth rounder. Now, Quandre Diggs is a fan favorite. He lays the boom. He's actually someone in our defense who can actually tackle. I know, go figure, defense tackling. Uh, I think we could see from the Minnesota game that guys like Jared Davis just act like they're going to go tackle someone and end up actually doing nothing but sitting there and getting burned and played with. So absolutely no clue what this Bob Quinn-Patricia combo are dialing up and quite honestly it makes zero sense. Uh, you have an issue on defense to begin with. Your defense was absolutely carved apart versus Kirk Cousins with a perfect passer rating. Uh, I believe it was the first person in NFL history to have a perfect passer rating with at least 330 yards passing. Uh, so good job, Lions defense. And in return, what do we do a couple of days later? We get rid of one of our safeties um, and one of our best tacklers and overall defensive players and even player overall in the entire team. So, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Um, nice job, Bob Quinn. Um, really trusting your drafting right now. We had Jared Davis, who is an absolute bust. We had Tease Tabor. Um, we've gotten rid of multiple players, uh, like Lincoln Tomlinson, uh, a couple tight ends. It's just not working out uh, right now. And quite honestly, have absolutely no faith in this franchise. Um, haven't since I was a kid. Uh, never will until something vast changes. Um, and I can tell you what, it's not trying to emulate the Patriots because the Patriots are doing everything that we're not doing. And that includes paying players like Trey Flowers $90 million. Well, they let him walk for a reason. Um, so not entirely sure what the hell the Lions are doing. And absolutely have no faith in them to begin with. Uh, try to tell all you optimistic fans before the season started, this team sucks. Uh, this team could easily be an 0-6. Um, when I have friends texting me, you seriously don't think we're going to win this game? Like, no. Like, why Why would I have any faith based on history that we're, that I'm to be optimistic? Like, we haven't won a playoff game since I believe in my entire lifetime in 25 years of me being alive. We have yet to win a single playoff game. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. So, yeah, no, I have absolutely no faith in why should I. And then when you go out and make moves like trading one of your best defensive players – and a seventh rounder for a fifth. So we gave up two things for an unknown player in a fifth round pick, which more times than not, I want to say, is not going to work out. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be uh, too happy about that. And it's going to just let down my faith even further. So absolutely no clue what's going on with the Lions. I'm pretty sick of them as a franchise overall. This team, like I said, could easily be 0-6. Um, I'm, I'm done talking about that. that that's I'm beyond pissed at what they have done, and that includes drafting T.J. Hawkinson at number eight after signing a tight end in Jesse James to $30 million, and the guy doesn't even see the field. So absolutely no clue what the hell the Lions are doing. It makes absolutely zero sense. They're in a goddamn circus. They have no clue what the hell they're doing. And then people are throwing out this idea, well, well maybe we're making cap room for Melvin Gordon. Yeah, 
Diggs was going from a $2.7 million contract this year to a $5 million contract next year. Whipty freaking do. You already have a huge cap space to begin with. I, I don't think awarding your best player an, another $2, 3000000 million is really going to break the bank uh, for a player in the fifth round who may not, never even pan out. Absolutely terrible trade by the Lions. I don't care what comes of it. And for those suggesting Melvin Gordon, just stop. Just stop. You sound stupid. The guy has looked like dog shit since he's returned from his from his holdout, which didn't even work out. So you know he's a chump kind of person to begin with. Eckler's the best running back on that team. Gordon fumbled on the goal line versus Tennessee last week to lose that game for them. He's not on a contract, meaning that if we bring him over, we're giving up assets that we have, more than we've already given up in the Dix trade, to acquire a player in Gordon who's not on contract, meaning we're giving up assets for the possibility of him leaving after this year in a year where we're not going to make the playoffs anyway. So you're literally just giving up assets for absolutely nothing. Yeah, let's do that. Good idea. Smart. Well, I mean, it goes with the narrative around everything else we've done thus far, right? Just give it up. Let it fly. Asinine. Embarrassing. Unbelievable. The guy wants huge money as well. Maybe that'll fit the narrative like we did with Trey Flowers and Coleman. James. Drafting Hawkinson. Oh, yeah. Let's play Melvin Gordon all this money. Nah. Dumb and dumber. I'm done with the Lions. Never even been a huge fan of them. When it comes to Detroit sports, they're second to last the Red Wings, and that's just because I'm not a hockey guy. Moving on quickly to basketball. So we also got an absolute nuke laid on us today in Michigan State Hoops, but I want to give you guys a silver lining around it and why I think it may not be the worst thing ever. So as we know, Michigan State was preseason AP poll number one for the first time in the program's history. According to my father, that may not even be true because when he was in school, they were AP number one preseason. Um, but that may, have, may not have been AP, but they were definitely preseason number one. In any case, uh, coming off a strong year last year, Cassius Winston, a lot on his shoulders, um, and more particularly, more particularly, more on his knees. Uh, you can see he was kind of given out there towards the end. Um, and so the thought of Josh Langford coming back into the rotation sounded like it would help out with Cassius Winston's uh, kind of load management of what's expected of him and needed of him for us to win these games. Well, we got news today out of East Lansing that Josh Langford has re-aggravated that foot injury that kept him out the better half of 80% of last year. And that sucks, right? We are preseason number one with the thought that, Lang you know, with the reasoning that and the thought that Langford was going to come back and have a solid year. And that, that's probably why we are number one. It's because we have a five-star McDonald's All-American who, in his freshman year, wasn't asked much being a freshman. Uh, his second year started getting his groove a little bit. And then last year was probably the best player on the floor for us. Um, and then when he got hurt, obviously Cassius Winston took that role over and kind of made Cassius Winston into the player that he is today. And that's kind of where I want to go to the silver lining part of this is, yeah, you never want to lose your starting shooting guard. You never want to lose a five-star All-American who never really had a shot in college. And it's a really sad story. Josh is a great guy. He's known around the entire organization there as, you know, such a great person, let alone basketball player. And it truly is upsetting. But in all honesty, I don't think Cassius Winston is the player that he is last year. 
and now has become if Josh Langford doesn't go out. And the second part of that is I think Langford's a great player. He's good on defense, sometimes takes plays off or doesn't close out well on the perimeter. Um, kind of as a stagnant offensive player, though. You know, he gets the ball. If he's not wide open, he's hesitant on dribbling. Um, you know, he, he kind of makes the offense come to a halt. The ball doesn't move as crisp or as fluent as it does without him. And, and I thought, you know, although losing him last year was obviously a blow and we definitely could have used him in the Final Four, right? Like, I don't think that team is who they are if Josh Langford is playing. And, you know, that sounds like a bad thing to say as a fan and even as a person, but I truly believe it's true. Like, my biggest knock on the MSU team when Bridges was around and Jaron Jackson and Langford was that there was just too many options there and too many people wanted to score and the offense was too stagnant. No one really knew what their role was. And, you know, I think Langford was definitely a part of that. And uh, I don't think Winston, you know, like I said, becomes the player that he was or is now. Um, without Langford going out last year. So I, I think there is a silver lining in all this and a little bit of optimism to be had that, you know, we did it last year without him, and now we have guys like Rocket Watts coming in, the possibility of Joey Hauser on that uh, Marquette transfer playing, but, you know, 99% probably won't, but he will eventually next year. Um, you know, the maturity and the growth of Aaron Henry, Xavier Tillman, um, as well as Gabe Brown. Uh, you know, Foster Lawyer, I guess you could throw in there, the possibility of Marcus Bingham evolving into a player, and then Kyle Arns being back as well. So this roster is still, you know, very filled out. You know, obviously losing Langford's huge, but I think this gives Winston another season to shine like the way he did, and I think someone like Rocket Watts and Gabe Brown will be, be able to this year uh, alleviate some of that pressure in that bearing that Winston had to carry last year for the Michigan State team to reach uh, the final four. Moving on to the Pistons, another bomb was dropped on us today. Blake Griffin out until at least early November, and that's when he will be reevaluated. So the problem that I'm seeing on both the Langford and the Blake Griffin injury reports that people are tweeting about and talking about is they fail to realize and acknowledge the reevaluated re portion of the reports. So just because you're being reevaluated in January for Langford or being reevaluated in November for Blake doesn't mean that's when your timetable is um, to return. I will, speaking of Langford, his, his um, reevaluation is to happen in January. I wouldn't expect a kid to play the entire year. At some point, you just kind of have to throw in the towel and just get healthy as a human being. And uh, it's an unfortunate way for him to end his career at Michigan State, but I think it's for the best. And I think he'll probably go over to Europe and play somewhere there. Um, for Blake's injury, same thing. You know, he's being reevaluated in November, but I wouldn't expect him to be back in November. Um, given his injury history, um, I think the Pistons hold him out until December, and I think at that point they start looking for trade partners once he gets healthy because this team is going nowhere now because of this. In an Eastern Conference that has acquired Jimmy Butler, the Sixers are better. The uh, Boston is arguably better getting rid of Kyrie Irving and in, inserting Kemba Walker. Um Lots of teams on the back end, like Indiana, got better. Uh, you know, Oladipo is returning for them. The Nets obviously got better, adding Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving only playing this year. The Magic getting better as they're getting older. The Pistons have no room for air and no room for Blake Griffin to be gone for 10 to 15 games. They'll simply miss the playoffs just because of the start of their season. And I know people are saying, well, Markeith Morris is a good backup to have, and 
yeah, he's a good backup on a team that isn't so reliant on someone like one person such as Blake to score the ball. Yeah, that, that is a great backup, but he's not going to win you games. Like, Blake can win you games. So I, I would expect the Pistons to start off at a really, really rough start. And it kind of goes to the narrative that I've been reading about from Vince, Ellen, Vince Ellis and Rod Beard of the Detroit Free Press that the Pistons are off to a poor start. They'll start to look to trade assets around the trade deadline. And at this point, that's what they should do. This team is going nowhere. The Blake Griffin experiment was an utter failure, and that's because of management's decisions of who they surrounded him with. They traded for Blake Griffin, which is, you know, the ice cream, but they never put the, you know, the whipped cream on top and the cherry on top. Never did it. Blake Griffin alone is not going to win you basketball games or the grand scheme of things, get you in the Eastern Conference Finals and to the Finals. He's not going to do it. He's a great player. He's an all-pro, 100%, but as you know, in this day and age, you need two, three all-stars to get there. Andre Drummond sucks. I don't want to hear it. Reggie Jackson can't do anything on offense besides throw up push, push shot threes on contested jumpers. Derrick Rose is probably our second best player, or Luke Kennard. Those guys aren't going to get you over the hump. They're good players, yeah, but they're role players on any other team that's legit. So the Pistons, and then, <laughs> and then to put the cherry on top, which they never really did in a good way, but instead now a bad way, they drafted Sekou Dubuya, who is the youngest player in the draft, We'll never see the rotation this year. We'll never have help the narrative and the experiment with Blake because he's not even contributing anyway. Where is the alignment in terms of where this franchise is headed? They have no idea themselves. We have a Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond trio that drunk, delusional idiot Tom Gorris thinks is a good idea to keep around because, yeah, those results have been great. And goes out and drafts for the quote-unquote future in Seku. Well, the kid's not even going to see the floor. So is it good for him to develop here or in France or in the G League? I would say probably the former or the latter two. Not the former in being on the team and just sitting there and doing nothing. Um, it doesn't help Blake Griffin's load management. It doesn't help us win right now. And the push should be for us to win right now. We came off a playoff um, sweep, but at least got to the playoffs with a very hurt Blake Griffin. And... See where you go. You know, you have nothing to lose in the sense that Blake's probably going to walk anyway. Drummond's probably going to walk in free agency. Reggie's going to go because we're not going to re-sign him. So now you're putting Seiko in the situation two years from now when he is probably ready to start playing consistently, that he's surrounded with a bunch of nobodies in a roster like the Cleveland Cavaliers that is completely just a restart buildup. And I don't think that's good for any 17, 18, 19-year-old coming over from another country and trying to get his feet wet and totally grounded into the NBA and the new beast that it is to him. So I think they're setting him up for failure. I think they're setting us up for failure for the next two years and then setting us up for a rebuild for another five. So in the grand scheme of things, the Pistons have tried this quote-unquote rebuild Blake Griffin experiment combination for what will be 15 years. Are you kidding me? It's absolutely terrible. Detroit sports is, is in an absolute pit right now. I, I'm just so thankful that we at least had something to root about growing up. Um, like when I was in college, Michigan State football was good. Michigan State basketball was good. Uh, the Lions were never good, so fuck them. I hate them. The Pistons were winning championships. The Tigers were going to the World Series. The Red Wings were winning uh, the Stanley Cup. So at least we had something. But nowadays, it's just an utter disgrace. Uh, I'm embarrassed to even be a fan of these teams. It's disgusting. Uh, we deserve better as sports fans from a city that doesn't really have much to begin with. The least you, we could do is cheer for good sports teams, and now we don't even have that. So um, the Pistons win with the playoffs. Michigan State should be able to still do their thing, um, but I'm not sure their ceiling is as high as it was if Langford was on the scene, despite me thinking 
that they're a better team without him. I still think that there's times where he his contribution, um, especially in clutch times, will go to help. Um, and the Lions are just the same old fucking Lions. Like, screw you. Screw you, Matt Patricia. You don't do shit. You rush three. Um, you sign a $90 million DN in Trey Flowers. You rush three on the defensive line. And you wonder why the guy doesn't have any fucking stats. It's an utter disgrace, and I'm sick of it. And uh, I just wanted to get home from work after hearing all this news today and just kind of vent to the podcast. And I, I hope you guys, you know, aren't looking at me as a Debbie Downer because I know it's 2019 and we all like our stupid positive vibes and positivity and all this fucking stupid shit. Well, guess what? I'm a realist. I come from a background of being a realist. I've always told it how it is. And I'm going to continue doing that. I'm not going to change for anyone. So, um, yeah, this is Bar Time Anytime. Peace out.